Hi, this is Cameron. And this is Jorge Luis. And today we're going to look at the rest of David's story. Let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Vivanco, co-founder of Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the coordinator of teams and training of Equals Age here in Ecuador. And one day I'm going to be able to roll my R's. No, who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm never going to be able to say your name right. <laughs> Good thing I can just call you Jorgito. Jorgito. <laughs> Um, welcome back to our Hope Cast. We are in the middle of a story conversation. If you haven't heard um, the episode just prior to this, I think that'd be episode four, I believe. Um, please go back and listen to that to set up what we're going to talk about today. Um, last time we looked at a poverty of condition. And we started talking about the poverty of being. Mm-hmm. Um, poverty of condition, of course, is a lack of things. Like, yeah. whoa, this is not right. Why don't you have running water? Why, why are there no doctors or medical services for a 50-mile radius? Yeah. Um, that sort of thing, uh, that poverty of condition. Uh, remind us, Jorjito, <laughs> <laughs> remind us what is the poverty of being? The poverty of being is the conception that you have about yourself. Mm. And you always feel low. You always feel that you're less than others. And less that, affect, mm-hmm. that affects everything that you do. So that is that, that misconception of yourself, uh-huh. that is the poverty of being. That lie. The it, lie, it of really course. Is. Sure. It is a lie. Um, for those of us who are, are followers of Jesus, um, we believe that we are all loved, that we mm-hmm. are all valuable, that we are all equal in the body of Christ. That's part of the radical, radical message mm-hmm. of Jesus. Uh, that's what... Um, is supposed to set Christianity apart um, from so many other ideologies and theologies that we are all equal and God loves us all the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we're in the middle, whether we're barely struggling, barely surviving and making it, or we have plenty. So um, that poverty of being, again, that's a phrase that was coined by Robert Chambers, need to give credit where credit is due. Um, But generally poor people those with the condition of poverty, like physical condition of poverty, um, have that internal condition of poverty as well. I have sure. met some that are not, which has been really, <laughs> really great, um, especially some of the young people that uh, that I've known since they were four or five oh, and wow. have gotten to be a part of, and educational hope has gotten to be a part of their lives, and to see that that concept is changing. Mm-hmm. Because their contact, their context where they were raised is changing. I'm, I'm thinking especially of um, a young woman named Priscilla, who oh, wow. is just, yeah. I mean, sure. she is a go-getter. And though she comes from, her family is still in desperate and difficult situations. But she graduated from high school with the help of yeah. Equals H, um, as did her two brothers and her other sister. And she is now taking the world by storm. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting to know that poverty of... Being is not permanent, but it is so debilitating. True. When it um, when it's rampant. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that is really cool for us to stop and, and, and see it, not just to observe the out part of it, but also put our hands inside of it and try to feel it. As you mentioned, Priscilla, what I can say is that she's absolutely driven now mm -hmm. by helping others. Mm -hmm. She has not let the fact of her own uh, lack of things, her own poverty, to stop her for mm -hmm. actually going and helping others. Now yeah. she knows that she is valuable in, in, the guides of God, in the eyes of God. So now she has something to do and something to say to them. Mm -hmm. And she stands up now it's and true. do that for other people. So that's really cool. It's true. And she, um, I don't know if you know this, but she has um, started reaching out to uh, this little tea tiny uh, Methodist Church of all places outside of Cotopaxi, oh, yeah, a place sure. called Romarillos. Yeah. And it's just incredible to watch her <laughs> use her gifts and skills to pour into this community where, again, wind-burned faces and, and children whose <laughs> teeth are fallen out because they don't have a toothbrush, yep. um, that poverty condition, and, and her teaching others that they are worthy and they are valuable and they are loved. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, we um, we left off the the last uh, Hopecast talking about our friend David, um, and I can't wait to dive a little bit more into his story. Um, just the backstory of David. I'll I'll jump in and say, is that a good plan? That's perfect. Great. Um, so David, he. Uh, came to Casa Gabriel. Casa Gabriel is one of our partner ministries with mm -hmm. Educational Hope. It is a home for former street boys. Uh, so David actually came there from another foundation, uh, mm -hmm. but he was on the streets um, because of severe abuse and neglect as a child. Um, his mother, if I'm not mistaken, it's I know she has mental health issues. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's schizophrenia. Yeah, that's true. Um, David has a brother who's five... Seven years younger than he is? Uh-huh. Eight. 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 You're Seven, right. Eight. Yeah, yeah. In there. Eight years younger. Um, but so him growing up with a schizophrenic mother and then having a baby brother come into the situation and him trying to take care of and protect the baby brother from the schizophrenic mom. And there are times that she, as with um, probably most people that suffer with schizophrenia, she came out of her own very abusive yep very difficult situation, was not prepared in any way to be a mom um, and became a mom. And there are times that she fought hard for her kids. And then there are times that she fought hard against her kids. Um, David tells stories of uh, when he was five years old, his mom would throw him out of their house. Mm -hmm. And now I use the word house as kind of a loose term. It was yep. four cinder block walls that don't have, there's a door, but there are no windows. Um, the mom is still living in this um, in this uh, structure yeah. uh, today. Um, and a couple a couple of years ago, the Casa G boys actually went back and, and put a new roof on it. her. Yeah. But we're going to tell you that story in just a bit. Um, but so she would kick David out of the house because at five years old, she couldn't deal with him. She was so at the end of her rope. And he would be locked out. And he's banging on the door to be let back in. Yeah. And she wouldn't let him in. And she wouldn't feed him. And they kind of lived out um, on a, a mountainside. And he tells the story of going to find a tree to sleep under. Yep. And this, not, this is not a one-time situation. No. This happens different times and for many years. Um, nothing, nothing will um, provide help. I mean, I, I'm saying nothing by no one. No system, no police, like... As you're saying, also, it's not just the lack of something. It's also the misconception of the same thing. There's no conception in little David as a boy, as a little boy, 
of asking for help because in his mind he has no one and he doesn't deserve. He doesn't. He's not important. No one's going to help him anyway. Yeah. yeah. In his whole neighborhood and context, he's not the only kid who's being treated this way. Yep. This whole there's just general abuse and neglect, and that's what leads to kids being on the streets. Yeah. David told me another story once of um, when he. He had his little brother, and they were locked in the house uh, this time. His mom had gone um, to work, and the only daycare, and this is a, a pretty common thing. I've mm-hmm. heard this story over and over and over again from different families, but is to lock young children inside a house um, so that that's the best way you can protect them. Um, and he talks about piling furniture, that maybe the one chair they had on top of the table to try to reach the tin roof and taking a screwdriver and punching holes in the tin roof so that they could have light inside the house. Because there's no light, no water, no basic services inside the little house, if we can call it like that. Yeah. But there's nothing. And, and as you said, again, I will just like recall that mm-hmm. um, it's not just the lack of it, it's that they don't, the mom didn't even have the conception of, oh, we need light. No, it's it's this what is, I had. This, this is, is the way life ha- is. Yeah, yeah, and we will just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is what life is. So this this poverty of self, this this thinking that y- you have n- you have nothing of value to offer the world. You have nothing. You you you're destined to be poor your whole life. Like sure. why try to fight it? You're just destined to be that way, which again, which we called out in the last episode, we'll say it again in this one. This is, that's a lie. It's a a lie from the pit of hell. Like, no, God loves all of us and no one is destined or deserves to be in poverty. But when you're born into that, it's really hard to raise your head up and see a different future. That, That poverty of being and what you believe about yourself then influences all the decisions that you make from then on. So just doing poverty alleviation by meeting the poverty of condition and being like, oh, you need water? Let's dig a well. Oh, you need a house? Let's build you a house. Taking care of the condition does not take care of the poverty of self, the mental part inside that it, as I think everyone's probably, uh, and these days especially, that mental health battle of I can do this or I can survive or I'm worth something. And you know what? From my side of the story, um, also, like, leaving and, and super glad and thanking God for sending people that help us. Um, I can also recall... In your own life, In my saying. own life. Uh-huh. In my own life and in the context, too. You know, like, in the life of the ministry, that we, the ministries that we help, the people in need. Um, I can also say that what they feel when you go and you just try to do something to fix or to meet their need, you know, like, just to do something about their condition, their their the physical need, uh-huh. um, sometimes what they feel like or what you can feel is they are trying to do something, but they don't care about me. Hmm. You know, like they're trying to do something like the house, like wa- like water or like that. But if you don't pay attention to the person, it mm-hmm. makes them feel mm-hmm. that, you're, that that person is not important for you. Uh-huh. So the walls is, are important. Yeah, the walls are important. But not the person. Yeah, and, and that can even, like, make you feel ashamed, and you know, embarrassed. And isn't that just so crazy because no one is going to go build a wall because they think the person's unimportant and <laughs> think the wall's important. Like, yeah, <laughs> no one. Yeah. But how a mentality of poverty can twist even really well-intentioned, really well-meaning um, projects. Sure. It led, let's... 
let's build a house. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why you, people like Habitat for Humanity always do the sweat equity, always exactly. have that families are involved in that process. Is it effective? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it efficient? Well, no, it would be more efficient just to hire the contractors and <laughs> knock out the building in three weeks and you're done. True. But you haven't really solved the problem. You haven't alleviated the, the poverty of the person. You've just alleviated the, po- the poverty of condition. And that is just such a slippery, <laughs> yeah. slippery slope. And it's so crucial and vital to what we do um, and how we do ministry. So, uh, so that's David's story. That's his backstory. And yeah. he eventually, I mean, his mom abandoned him on a bus one day and had to figure out how to get home at eight years old. I mean, the stories just go on and on and yeah. on. Yeah. And at some point he said, enough is enough. I, I'm out. I'm, I can rely on myself. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm out. Um, and he kind of, he went from one foundation to another foundation, eventually got to Casa Gabriel, where um, Education Equals Hope has had the privilege of supporting him in his education to finish high school yep. and now and university. He's about to finish <laughs> university. And so my question for you in the last few minutes we have today, my question is, how have you seen, because um, I know you just talked to David as you guys were planning something else, yeah. but knowing Knowing the condition of poverty that he lived in, the condition and the poverty of being in self, how do you see that played out and how has he um, gotten the better of that poverty? How has that been healed in his life? Well, he, he grew up with the idea of no one is going to take care of me. Yeah, because it was true. People, yeah, other people <laughs> and adults mainly, all what they can do is uh, hurt me. Mm-hmm. So he developed this um, critical way of planning of having a figured out plan by mm-hmm. himself because no one else is going to take care of him um, in a good way. Mm-hmm. He also feels that he he cannot rely in anyone. Rely you know, there's on anyone. N- rely uh-huh. in anyone. There's no way that you can uh, count on someone when you have uh, slept in the forest mm. for many nights. You just believe all well, what you know is that you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is something that he he um, he was telling me that when he was a teenager, he he realized that he was able to do something. Mm. He was able to not stay in that circle. Mm. And what he decided is, I will never go back there. Mm-hmm. All what I have is myself. So my plans and me, my mm-hmm. ideas and me mm-hmm. are the only thing that we have. Mm-hmm. It is really important to say that in par- as part of his process, he was able to realize of how God's hand has been mm. all the time upon him, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of him and, and like a little nest around him, oh, protecting wow. him. Uh, because now what he says is, I know that God has always been there for me. Huh. So the only one that I can trust now is him. Mm. So he is, he is um, healing that by not just knowing that, but mm-hmm. also acting out with that um, confidence of knowing God knows what he's doing with me. Mm. So I can plan now, mm-hmm. relay in that he will do whatever he has to do with me. Mm. Um, and so I think that's it. Also the part of the education. He mm-hmm. realized that no one in his family, there was a moment where his mom took him to her family uh-huh. and left him there. And no one was um, educated. No one, no one went to school, to high school. And he was like that. Mm-hmm. When he realized that he was able to study, he also saw a way out of it. Mm, now wow. what he says, now what he sees is the, the opportunity of now I can have a title, now I can have a career. And with this career, what I can do is provide for my mom that mm. is not able to provide for herself. Yeah. So he oh, is wow. looking for a better life. He, he has a lot of plans and a lot of dreams. 
uh, and his healing by trusting God and having a plan for providing for others, not just for him. Mm. He knows also that he is important. So now he knows that he has to be good. He has to um, have a good job, have a good house, have a good life plan. What do you mean he has to? Oh, that um, is his goal. Like That is his goal. Like he's, he's capable of it. Exactly. Is that what you mean? That he, he is able to have uh, a plan mm-hmm. and... and and also, like, seeing himself as a priority, that's what I mean. Okay. Uh, seeing that he's important. That he's worth having he's a worth, house. Exactly. He's, and so... It is, he's worthy of not living in the forest. He's and worthy also, of, Exactly. And so now he, he believes that in order to take care of other people, he has to take care of himself, too. Mm, that it's wow. good for him to, to have that mind and that wow. love for others. That's why he's, he's studying uh, social work. Because yeah. he wants to address those kind of things in other people's lives. Wow, it's But he incredible. also wants to be prepared in his own life mm-hmm. to be or, um, to be able to provide for his mom. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think of all of the hours of people at Casa Gabriel and in the foundation before that, mm-hmm. um, of people pouring that truth into him and not just providing uh, a warm bed and hot yeah. meals, but listening to him, listening to his story being with him as God heals his hearts and his wounds and True. to get to the point where he can say, I I am worthy of this. I can do this. And it is just so incredible to see that he has um, decided to, who is about to graduate uh, yep. with a degree in social work and that he has already started uh, his internships in his social work degree by helping other families in that same place. So thank you. Thanks for, for sharing that no, about course. him. We are thrilled uh, for David. We're thrilled to get to be a part of his life and story. Yeah. Um, our next podcast, we're going to look at the last um, part of poverty, the poverty of purpose or responsibility. And it, it, it ties in um, with the poverty of being. But we want to thank everyone for listening today. And thanks for being a part of this journey with us. Thanks for committing to listen to our uh, uh, to all of our Hopecast. <laughs> uh, please, if you feel um, driven, if you feel in your heart that you want to be part of this, there's a lot of different ways. Please join our webpage and our social media so that you're aware of all the opportunities that we have. If you want to uh, help us so that we can support and help others by the, uh, giving them the micro scholarships, uh, please do. Just join us. And thanks for your commitment and your support in all what we do. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.